I'm Tina. I'm Meg. I'm Drea. And I'm Jess. And this is Pardon My Stash. Welcome to Pardon My Stash, a podcast about knitting in the fiber arts and how awesome it is. Yeah. Before we get into today's topics, let's find out what we're working on this week. Drea? I am currently working on the Celtic Myths Fingering Shawl by Aceta Krebs. I screwed up the border, <laughs> which oh, is, no. um, you know, par for the course for me. <laughs> it's you need to give end. yourself more credit. It's always the end of the project. It's, it's like it's, when you... And it's always the worst. Yeah. yeah. I got to go back like 10 rooms. Oh, oh, no. I did something. I tried to fix it by laddering down. Fixing by laddering down for cables. So, mm. Oh. It's uh, that is a special brand of hell, and I am not. <laughs> oh, it really, good at it really it. is. <laughs> okay, I, I I wouldn't do it if it's more than like two rows. No, I, I'm not that comfortable yet. Yeah, I went too down. far. Uh, got lost in the pattern. I don't know what happened. It's a mess. So I'm just taking some stuff back and hoping for the best. Alrighty, Meg. So my Celtic Myths shawl is in timeout while it thinks about what it's done. Ah, that's where mine is. <laughs> um, and it's not even that it did anything. It's just I dropped a stitch and I did that thing where you drop a stitch and you somehow pick it up on the next row and you just keep knitting. And I'm like 13 rows up with just this dropped stitch hanging out 13 rows down. <laughs> just living there. So I secured it with a paper clip and then I was like, I have no desire to ladder down and fix that. It's going to take me about 30 seconds to fix it. I just don't want to. That's fair. I know, but I really need to just do it. Um, anyway, I'm working on my Jazzagal sweater by Mary Annarella. I'm still doing the uh, stockinette till I get to the last increases. I love this yarn. We'll put it that way. It's pretty and good. I love the yarn. So it's not as the stockinette is not as bad as, as one would would think. It feels uh, nice, right? It does feel nice. Mm -hmm. Chess? Um, well, I, I have been plugging away at the border of the Celtic Myths shawl. Um, I actually did not touch it today. I have not done my one repeat as I usually do because I got caught back up in my I Am Dragon shawl because I'm on this third color and I really want to see it. So that is what I am doing currently is I, I want to see this this color fully. It's a stunner. We're, we're still in the, the transition stage of it, so... It's, I'm excited. It's going to be good. Like, I'm super excited it looks for it. so like even now you can see like the the fade finally happening. It's it's, like, it's so pretty. It's so going to look so good when it's done. Tina. Um I finished my sunbeam pullover. Yay! So my test knit is complete for that and I'm taking lots of photos and pictures and notes and getting that all prepped and ready to go to back to the designer. And I am have pulled out my Celtic Myths fingering shawl. It's so small. It's so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> but it's here. And I kind of remember where I'm at. So I'm going to just kind of plug away at that while we're chatting. And you're the first one to finish her Einbeck sweater. Yay! Yeah. Yay! I know. I kind of powered through that. You really did. I was like, no, I'm only going to work on this. I was very well, monogamous. That was only a couple weeks. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was some crazy. project monogamy right there. <sighs> I was like, so I'm going to do this. for you. Very. I usually am like, flip, flip, flip. And no, I was, I was all about it. Gotta do it. <laughs> 
Be sure to check out our website, partofmystash.com, for more information as well as pictures regarding our current projects, patterns, and yarns. Before we get into today's main topics, we wanted to answer our first Patreon direct question from one of our baller level patrons, Gina. Baller. <laughs> Apparently, you have to say that every time we. I don't know why I did that. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Just can't. Just can't. Gray <laughs> has impulse control issues, which is lack of. Sorry. <laughs> As a baller on our Patreon, you're able to ask a question directly to the cast to be answered during one of our episodes once a month. For this month, Gina's question is, how do you organize all your needles? There has to be a better way than what I'm doing, throwing them all in a pretty storage bin. Thanks. (laughs) Any unique ways to store your needles? My eye is twitching. (laughs) Those cables like nodding. Oh, no. No, 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 no. A throw, a throw. A few months ago, I saw on, I think it was either Instagram or Facebook, or I I saw it somewhere, but somebody had a binder with uh, pouches in it. And you put each size into a a single pouch. Like a pencil case pouch. Yeah. And and that's what I have. I have a big uh, three inch, three ring binder and a bunch of uh, pencil pouches. And they're all labeled by size, and that's where all my needles are, except for the straight needles, which are in my fish. (laughs) Never to be used again. (laughs) No. They're decorative. Yeah. (laughs) As we always say, down with the straights. Yeah. (laughs) Can't help you with straight needle organization at all. (laughs) Circulars forever. Um, I actually do the same. Uh, I have my, it's in it. It's actually a tiny little three ring binder. Duran no. knows how small it is. Mm. And uh, I your, like, your binder looks like an overstuffed taco. It's, it doesn't close. <laughs> no. And because I have too many needles in it. Um, mostly because of the 19s and the 17s yeah. and the 15s. Yeah. Those kind of circulars kind of. Yeah, screw the pooch. But yeah, that's I do the same thing with the with the binder. Um, I do put my DPNs behind my uh, current. I have a current pattern notebook. I have a a giant pattern notebook, and then I have a current pattern notebook, and my DPNs are in the back of that. Um, just and because they're a, they're a normal size three ring binder, and I had to put them somewhere, and my big pattern book is way too full. <laughs> Too many patterns. Fair. <laughs> what about Jess or Meg? So we actually use the same um, the same circular technique that that you guys do with the with the binders um, for the straight needles. Actually, we have both of us brought in uh, the I don't know how you explained it. I have a, a zipper pouch, almost looks like a book um, that I put my straight needles in. Jess, you have <laughs> my darn box. <laughs> <laughs> which was passed on to me from grandmother to grandmother to me i don't know why it skipped my mom but it looks uh, like an old-fashioned pencil box like with the sliding um with the sliding mop. Yes, yeah. yeah um and it says my darn box on it because it's like a darning Aww. box yeah, it was clever sweet. i've always loved that um, box it's a very cute box another so. thing i did see that uh considering doing just be, uh, for some of the circulars because they do get kind of wild is um a hanging shoe organizer Mm. That you can put up, and then you do the circulars in there, so you can, you're the. Um, I've seen that in a yarn wire. Shop. Uh, yeah, 
yeah. wire band cord the thing that puts the, the needles together the that cord. the cord doesn't get tangled in <laughs> other needles who lets you talk you know <laughs> we do <laughs> I would um, do that, but I don't have a door to hang it on. So maybe I need to like you could just it like, to my wall. I would say you could tack it to the wall. Yeah, yeah, I could. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, so I've seen that done. Um, we actually have two binders for our needles. Yes, <laughs> we do. And I feel like the only downside to any of this organization is putting them back when you're done. Yeah, that's yeah. tough because they come out and then they wind up places. Yeah, that's not <laughs> an organizational problem. That's like a you problem. Also fair. Me problem. Yeah, that is, me. That, is a, me. that is a complete lack of, uh, yeah, of accountability fair, problem. And I don't think any sort of organization is going to fix that. No. Unfortunately. And now, yakking about yarn with Tina. For my segment this week... Uh, I would like to talk about Wool and the Gang. They're a very popular yarn company that makes size-inclusive kits as well as their own line of yarns. Wool and the Gang appears to be working towards sustainability, which includes 100% muzzling-free. 63% of the yarn is biodegradable, 47% of the yarn is vegan, and 32% of the yarn is upcycled or recycled. So, very sustainable. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Good stats. It's common to see designers advertising for Wool in the Gang as they do a lot of sponsorship and collaboration with crafters, in particular knitters, to showcase their yarns to a budding social media audience. So I'm sure we've all seen the various kind of sponsorships and stuff mm, that go on. I've seen a lot of Wool in the Gang projects. Yeah, yes. yeah. That being said, do we like Wool in the Gang? Today, I've brought with me two popular choices for Wool in the Gang. The Crazy Sexy Wool, which is their super bulky, and the Shiny Happy Cotton, which is like more of a worsted decay. Take a feel and let me know what you think about it. I'm not even going to give you <laughs> this, Drea. The Crazy Sexy Wool does not go to Drea. No. It's, <laughs> she it, is a, it is a sturdy and um, hardy kind of yarn. It's not soft. I think um, so. I just I just turned the the thing so I could because it said I just said our chunky wool, and it said comes from and I saw sheep and I thought oh does it tell you what type of sheep it is? Um, it doesn't. It just says oh it is Peruvian sheep. Ah, oh, and there it well, is. There so, it is, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, this <laughs> is everything you need to know. <laughs> it looks you need to know. like um, it actually looks really close to Malabrigo Rasta in size. In um, size, and it feels completely different yeah. mm-hmm. completely different from malabrigo rasta yes um have you knit this up yet i've knit up one ball of that um it splits like crazy it's splitty how does it hold up like pilling wise um it depends on what you make with it so i i've done a hat with this and it's fine because it's not you're not doing there's not so much like skin rubbing skin it's contact. not abrasive yeah, yeah. It's a, except if it was on frank's head mm. then, <laughs> then, we would, then we'd probably see it but uh-huh. mm-hmm. i feel like if you made this into like a cowl or like a shirt i feel like it would be very it you would have to take a mach- little pilling machine to because that is honestly one of my my mm. big um issues with with like rasta and a lot of super bulkies and that that style um is the pilling yeah they don't hold up because yeah. it's closer to like a, a very almost like a roving than a mm-hmm. um than a than a wool 
because it's it's spun loosely. Yeah, I think the this kind of roving almost style is really popular right now because of how quickly you can spin up a project. Mm. That's true. Um, I feel like a lot of people who are introducing themselves to knitting will see this and go, I can make something fast. It's really true. fast. Yeah. Really fast. It's, and also, like, it's, it's very dense, which yes. means it will be very warm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like for outerwear or something like that, it would definitely hold up really well. Yeah. So the cotton is a pleasant surprise. Um, I actually really like the cotton. I've got it here in my hands right now. It it just says it's 100% cotton. Um, It's a very smooth yarn. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. almost similar in feel to the yarn that I'm using for my sweater. Um, The... um, that one that? actually has um <laughs> cloudborn cloudborn dk yeah i'm using the cloudborn uh, pima cotton dk and it's it's very it's smooth it's it's i, I don't want to say soft because it's not soft but it's um you know it's almost got a similar feel to some of um some bamboo silk i've used like it's got that sort bit, of yeah. like um it's got a smoothness yeah <laughs> i'm like i can't there's a word there's for another it, word for i know that we're not finding it's it's like Sleek. yeah Sleek, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, svelte. It's an S word somewhere. <laughs> I am. I think I'm the odd man out that I'm not a huge fan of the cotton, um, but I'm not a huge cotton fan to yeah. begin with, mm-hmm. unless it's cumulative. <laughs> yeah, that's but that's the one of. Well, a see, kind. here's yeah. the thing: I use a lot of cottons for like my crochet creatures. Um, this would not be that type of cotton to use for that. I, it's it, not hardy. It doesn't, it, yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel like it would hold up. Um, it's not stiff. Yeah. That would be nice for like a tank top or mm, a summer, summer any something sort of summer yeah, wear. It um, feels very I think it would hold up well. Yeah, but I, I have used the cotton before in making uh, a summer top, and it's the one benefit is that it doesn't it doesn't like pill as much as this crazy sexy wool would um but the shiny happy cotton is definitely a little bit more i don't know what the word is not pilly <laughs> it doesn't shed Smooth. everywhere it doesn't sh- <laughs> it doesn't shed everywhere you know yeah. so you're not gonna like lift up your arms and then like you just have, have just the pilling pilling yeah. all over your your armpits and stuff um so because i've done that before with i think that was with woolies um and then all of a sudden i was like i should have taken the machine to this first. <laughs> and then i realized it afterwards but yeah no i think uh i think it's a good starter yarn i think if you're getting into it and you're trying stuff out I think it's fun. I, I do like their message. I think their sentiment is really what good in terms of like trying to be sustainable. Um, I, I really appreciate that they're size inclusive with their kits. I think they go up to a size 28 or 26. That's nice. With their patterns. So that's really uh, US size. Um, so that's really good too. But yeah, I think all in all, it's it's good. What's the, um, what's the like price range? Um, so I would say it's a little bit pricey. Uh, it's definitely more pricey. Okay. Let's put it this way. It's more pricey than if you go to like a Joann's or a Michael's, you're going to, you're talking, uh, for the crazy sexy wool, it's going to be around like 20 to 24. 
And the shiny happy cotton is around 10 to 12, depending on where you buy it from. Because okay. every supplier is different. Mm, People yeah. do, and sometimes you get a sale. There's usually a coupon or something that you can do. And, um, a lot of the people who are sponsored through them have like a, I think it's like 12% off or 20% off or something like that, that you can get if you buy through their link or something. Right. So, but yeah, I, it really, it depends on what you're trying to do. I would, I would say the experienced knitter could probably do something else. Our main topic for this week was a question from one of our listeners about gauge and all things about it tools for it, how to get it, why it's important, et cetera, et cetera. So I know that Drea is not going to participate. This is not my topic. (laughs) I have done exactly one gauge swatch in my life. I'm so proud of you, though, for that one swatch. (laughs) I framed it. You you really did? I framed it. Oh, that's so cute. All right. Meg? What do you want me to say? Chomping at the bit. Go for it. So why is gauge important? Well, do you want things to fit? Sometimes. <laughs> do you want to not run out of yarn? Sometimes. All the time. All the time. Fine. You call me. <laughs> All the time. Do you want do you want your clothes to fit? Do you want to not waste hours and hours and hours of your life? Yes. Knitting something that goes nowhere. I don't want to do that. No, no you don't. That's why gauge watch is important. <laughs> So, and that's a wrap. <laughs> that's her. That's it. Next question. And the thing is, it is it is tedious. We all know it's tedious, and we want to get right into it. But I do feel like the the gauge swatch is, um, you know, aside from you wanting your garments to fit, you also want to actually enjoy yourself. You're going to be spending a lot of time with this yarn, with this project, and you don't want to be spending time on something that is not working for you. So the nice thing about the gauge swatch is you get to know the fabric a little bit. You get to know how it feels um, on the needles and your between your fingers. You get to wash it and see how the fabric's gonna come out in the end. And you can do a gauge swatch in what, an hour? Mm. It really doesn't take that long. Okay, an hour if you're not screwing around on Instagram every 30 seconds. It took me like three hours to do a four by four square. I adore you. (laughs) It was a struggle. Look, that's like a lot of stocking it. Before we get too much into it, we should probably, for those who don't know what a gauge swatch is, we should probably describe what a gauge swatch is. So in case you haven't been listening to us for the last 20 episodes, (laughs) because it's feel like if we bring it up every once in a while. We do. um, A gauge swatch is when you take your yarn, you take your pattern, your pattern will indicate how many stitches up and across that you should have um in in your swatch and then you knit up a four by four square and then you count using a a various tools which we'll get into um the number of rows and the number of stitches and if you match the number you have met gauge and you can go off with your project if you haven't you have to either change needle size or change your yarn or whatever cry in the corner make a small bonfire (laughs) Tension. <laughs> your tension. Yeah, you have to adjust something so that you can get your, um, your the right gauge for your project. This is super important for clothing because otherwise you make baby sweaters when you meant to make adult sweaters or you make... Or bags. Or bags mm. when you meant to make adult sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people say that you only need to worry about gauge swatches with clothes. But I mean, honestly, you kind of do with hats. 
yeah you want well, the hat yeah. to fit you yeah. kind of need to with socks yeah if, if yeah. you want socks to fit um and sometimes you can i mean i i'm, I'm not gonna lie i don't always need a gauge swatch for things like socks and hats um you can kind of eyeball it at times and be like this is coming out way too big or this is coming out way too small but if there's even any question you should probably you should probably swatch for me i don't swatch if i've already used the yarn before because I'll already know what my gauge is based on how I've used it. If, especially if it's like the same type of yarn, same type of needle. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So if it's going to be a size USA needle and I'm going to use worsted weight and it's Lion Brand Woolies or something like that I've mm-hmm. used before a hundred times. Or Malabrigo. Or Malabrigo. Yep. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, I know. I really know what my gauge is. I'm really loose with this. I'm really tight with this, whatever. And go from there. Um, but... Yeah, I, I'm the same. I don't with hats. It, the only time I will swatch with a hat is when the person's head is not average. Mm. Yeah. So if if I'm making particularly a large size hat or a small size hat, then I will like make sure just to see like okay, I want to make sure that this is gonna fit. Right. But, but yeah, clothing, I I have to because if I've done it before, I don't know how. But even my cardigan here, I did not swatch, and it came out. <laughs> And I don't know. I don't know how it came out. I just magic. You magic. got lucky, I which really, means that she's so lucky. You need to gauge swatch from now on because you will never get you that got lucky, lucky again. I know. I know. And it took me two years to make that thing, so I'm like, oh god. But yeah, there's um, there's really only one one type of project that you don't ever need to swatch for, and that's the washcloth. Literally, if you are making a washcloth, you don't need to swatch. What if I want a perfect washcloth? You can just keep knitting till you get the right size. That's fair. It's a square. It's basically a washcloth is a square. A washcloth is a swatch. You have just created a swatch. You've created a big swatch, but everything else. Some people say you don't need to use them for scarves, but you know, what if you do run into that problem of you don't have enough yarn? Yeah. You know, for the project. And, mm-hmm. and that's that's a tragedy. You don't want to find that out three quarters of the way in. And now you have this like cravat, you know. Yeah. And that's not what you wanted. Well, unless you're Jess. <laughs> man, cravats are she back. has lots of cravats, but she doesn't wear them. <laughs> um, there's various tools too to use uh, to measure your gauge swatch. And um, it's I say various when I really mean like one, two. Or two, you could yeah. Do two. You could do two. There's, there's, um, two. there's actually there's actually a little tool that um, well, if you have the Susan Bates all in one master tool, it has a two by two uh, square at the bottom of it, and you can use that to and double it to get your four by four uh, sizing. I use that all the time because I'm lazy and I don't feel like finding my other tool, which is actually a four by four square, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a little wooden tool that is four by four and I can actually slap it on the swatch and count from there or you can just use a regular um, tape measure yep or a ruler yep Mm -hmm. if you're Mm -hmm. if you're really in a bind yep but there yeah it's you can use either and that'll help you get to it um and the other thing I wanted to bring up was that um for if you are test knitting you have to do it yeah. You cannot not do it because the point of you test knitting is that you are going to have the same gauge. If you test knit and you don't do it, you're just, you're, there's no point in your test. Like you almost wasted time. Like there's no, 
reason for it. You have to do the swatch if you're going to test knit. Yeah, especially if you knit the whole garment and then you measure it and your gauge is completely off. Yeah. Um, like, and it could be for anything. Like even, um, so I have that double horn scarf right now that's in testing and there's gauge and there's the swatch that they need to make. Uh, and it's not necessarily stitches. It's just repeats. It's mm-hmm. like and have this number of repeats in a four by a four four inch length. And um, it's just because otherwise it's like, it's not going to look like the way it should mm-hmm. for um, photos and stuff. Designers pick the gauge for a reason. Yeah. You know, that it looks right that way. Mm-hmm. So. That's why I don't test net. <laughs> Except for you guys. Yeah. Well, you, I, d- I don't swatch for you guys. Sorry. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Good to know. <laughs> Good to you, know. Didn't, you didn't measure the gauge either, did you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, this is good. Good pattern. Check it off. Look, uh, your hat fit my head. Yeah. Uh, your cow uh, fit my neck. Uh, it's, fine. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, it's cool. It's cool. I kind of want to make another point, and it's a super unpopular point about the gauge swatch. And something I think a lot of people don't do is the patterned gauge swatch. Hmm. If the pattern calls for, you know, a certain gauge in pattern, you should knit the gauge swatch in pattern, whether that is cables. Oh, I'm so lazy lace. with that. I know. And I am and the I do same the stock way. Instead. Especially if you're doing something like cables, cables eat up a lot more yarn yes. than a stockinette. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, do your your little four by four stockinette swatch and you think, oh, this is great. Like I got gauge. They um, also affect the tension a lot. Yeah. Cables will throw off your and, and then you go to to, to do your cables. Um, you you may get a completely different gauge than than you originally got in the stock in it. So it's it is important. It's tedious. It is so tedious as all get out. You know, it's 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 the thing you're supposed to do. So yeah, that's that's what a gauge is. What and why does that you look should... for? Those are very good points. <laughs> that she will not uh-huh. follow. <laughs> and why one should do it. So here's the thing. Uh, what do you do when you have your gauge swatch and it doesn't match up? Oh, that's a good point. What do we do, Jess? What do you do? I don't know. I don't do swatches. Like <laughs> it was an honest question, okay? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I would also I thought... like to know the answer. <laughs> okay. What do you got? That's so, not true. I've done like okay, three okay. okay, I don't have enough stitches in my gauge swatch. You don't have enough? I don't have enough. You, There's you too have few. Too, too few stitches. Yeah. And it, too, you're, you're, you're stitching too, your, your needles too you're, big. Yes. So I would go down a needle size, Correct. maybe. Correct. Yes. Because mm-hmm. you want to get fewer stitches. Yes. So yeah. your needle is too big. Your gauge is too big. You need to go down. Okay. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if the, it's opposite. the opposite is true, right? You go up. If you have too yeah. many stitches, you want to go up a needle size. And make sure before you measure, you wash that thing and block it. Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of funky things happen once you wash yarn. Especially if you're using Malabrigo. Yeah. Malabrigo. If we haven't said this, <laughs> let's say it now. Malabrigo stretches like crazy when you oh, when does. you block it. It, it expands. expands. Yeah. So when I knit your hat out of the Rasta, I did not block it. Yeah, no. I did not. Not Rasta. Um, the Mecca. The Mecca. Yeah, I yeah. did not block yeah, it. Yeah. I put it on my head, and I'm like, "This is big enough." Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to block it. I think I did the same. I don't think I ever blocked. No, that. I didn't yeah. block cocoa bean either. I did because block it was already big bean. enough. I blocked my cocoa bean too, but yeah. I didn't use Malabrigo. So no, I, I used. Yeah, I used, used less traveled. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was. 
I, but that's the thing. I didn't gauge swatch that. And my hat came out like slightly too big for my head. And mm. I was like, so I'm just not going to block that. <laughs> that's fair. I'm just not going to block it. That's and fair. sometimes you need to actually change the yarn. Yeah. Because sometimes, sometimes even if you go up or down a needle size, it's you're still not getting that right uh, gauge. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes that yarn is not actually going to work. It's just not the one. It's just not going to work for the pattern. Um, I feel like I'm learning so much tonight. <laughs> so how do we feel now, too? Because every once in a while, you'll, you'll come into it and you're like, one stitch off. Like, well, a gauge so of just that let, too let much. Me, when, when I swatched for this, for Jazzagal, um, I was off two stitches after blocking. And it ended up not being a huge issue because um first of all tina pointed out that i was aggressively blocking it yes so i i unaggressively blocked it and it was down to one stitch it was so like stretch it really was it was way too aggressive um so i did the math um because i'm like okay it's like one stitch like how big a deal is that? It was the equivalent in the end when i did the math it was going to add five inches to the sweater Wow. Yes. So like that one stitch being off on my gauge. Now it ended up not being an issue because um, I I picked the size of my sweater according to the um, perfect sweater rule mm-hmm. where you lay your sweater flat, your favorite sweater, whatever one, which is the one I'm wearing actually, and you measure the bust line and then you pick your your sweater size according to that. Yeah. Um, so all I did basically was I went down one size um, than what I was going to do because then I was like, okay, it's going to give me the exact size that I wanted if I go down a size instead of knitting that size. Because if I knit that size, I'm going to knit a bag. It's basically what's going to happen. So even if you're like, I'm one stitch off, I don't care. You got to do the math to figure out if that's actually okay or not. I can see where that would be a problem. One stitch can make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it also depends on the type of yarn you're using too. So for me, I had um, for the Sunbeam, I was one stitch less yeah yeah less but my yarn had nylon in it Mm. so I was like when I block this it will meet it like if I block this whole sweater it'll be it's gonna stretch yeah it's gonna stretch and I'll be fine um and that's and I ended up when I put it on and everything was a perfect fit so it's it really you have to consider a lot of different things when you're doing that gauge swatch of like there's what is what in totality what is it going to affect my pattern this was a very informative i mean you can also (laughs) consciously but then you have to remember to do it adjust your own knitting tension yeah Yeah. which is hard it's really hard Mm, yeah it's not natural um and the other thing too and i know you've noticed this is um well because i've never finished an adult sweater yet but um sweaters are heavy and they mm-hmm. stretch. Mm-hmm. They stretch. So oh, yeah. you may be like, oh, it might be a little bit big, no big deal. But after you've worn it a few times and um, if, if it, <laughs> it's I'm, po- I'm pointing, I'm pointing at my harvest cardigan because at this point it is a bag. It is Has a bag. It stretched, no, really? it's, it's stretched. It my, doesn't look like my it's stretched. Sleeve, so when I have my sleeves on, it's like 
it's like a salad four inches off my wrist. Oh, yeah. wow. It's it's really baggy. It's gotten big, yeah. It's really bad. And I haven't washed it or anything because oh. I'm gross. You also don't wear it next like to your skin. You wear it like a jacket. I do wear it like a jacket, but still... Um, <laughs> I don't wash my knits. Um, no, I do. I do. I do. Don't let that rumor go out. <laughs> that you started. <laughs> that I started. No, um, but yeah, it is starting to become a little baggy on me. So um, it's, Take note, guys. Yeah. Well, gra- note. Gravity does that. Yeah. 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 And I've and I've stretched it myself because I've like when I go to pin it, I like pull it really yeah. tight and I go to pin it with a shawl pin and yeah. So if even if you think like, oh, it's only going to be like an inch too big no big deal um that one inch could become a lot of inches very quickly yeah so mm-hmm. be forewarned but still make sweaters guys yeah don't be afraid to make a sweater Chess says <laughs> yeah when she, you're never gonna make a sweater i just have no interest in making sweaters they're very warm but you believe in they're other big. people I do you love sweaters people. you wear them all the time yeah but those are like fleece they're not like no knit. they're not you have like Four wool sweaters that That's you wear. That's true. They're falling like... apart. I should fix those. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't going to wear the knit one, but. <laughs> no, dude. It's a lot of work. a lot of work and a lot of me losing interest real fast. That's fair. That's we'll fair. talk about patching in another episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week's topics. For additional content and opportunities to connect with the cast, check out our Patreon or our website at pardonmystash.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more laughs, tears, and Drea. Me! (laughs) (laughs) Pardon my stash.